You are now listening to The Perfect Prana with Kaya Ann. What's poppin'? What's good? I am Kaya Ann, a yoga enthusiast, a Columbia College student, a human, a girl. I'm just a girl, and you are listening to The Perfect Prana Show on 88.1 FM WCRX, or maybe you're listening on Apple or Spotify or whatever. Yes, it's the 10th episode. It's been a journey. I'm so blessed and happy to be here with you guys. You just don't even know. I love talking to you guys. (laughs) The usual yoga news where I tell you about what's going on in the world of yoga. What's going on with my personal journey. Yoga heals. Who has yoga healed? And that's just where I bring on a yoga instructor where they talk about their journey as a yogi. Why, when they started yada yada (laughs) and the weekly wellness challenge how last week went well technically this week and what's gonna be the weekly challenge coming up so if all of that sounds good stay tuned if it doesn't sound good stay tuned we have a good show today it is the 10th episode so this is a special episode Before we get into all of that, let's center ourselves. No matter where you're at, sitting on the couch, laying in your bed, driving in your car, riding on your bicycle, you know who you are. (laughs) No matter what you're doing, where you are, just bring awareness to your body, maybe wiggle your toes. Wiggle your fingers. What do your shoulders feel like? What does your neck feel like? Relax your eyebrows. Relax your jaw. Tune in to all five of tune in to all five of your senses. What do you see? What do you hear? What do you feel? What can you taste? What do you smell? I think that was five. <laughs> And if you're able to do so, sit up nice and tall or stand up nice and tall. If it's safe, close your eyes or soften your gaze. Take a deep inhale through your nose and hold at the top. And exhale through your nose and hold at the bottom. You can create a nice rhythm with your breath or just go with the natural flow of where you're at right now. It's all up to you. As you breathe in, feel your belly expand. And as you exhale, feel your belly deflate. With each inhale, Imagine your breath traveling to each part of your body that needs love, that needs energy, and just really nourishing all those parts. We're centered. (laughs) Let's get into the show. Yoga news. Toxic air is no reason to stay inside for Delhi's joggers and yoga fans. 
So basically, New Delhi, India's capital, is dealing with some extreme air pollution now. Officials are warning them to stay inside, don't be outside too much, and definitely warning them not to do deep breathing exercises outside. There's a thick smog over the entire city. It's related to factories, falling temperatures, vehicles, coal-fired power plants, a lot of stuff. Humans do a lot of stuff, but just know, it's extremely polluted out there. And it was like that in Chicago for a second, where there was the Canadian wildfires and it was super polluted this summer. I don't know if it was as bad as New Delhi's, but the officials were like, don't be outside. And they said, don't do any deep breathing outside, but people don't care. Everybody's still been going on their walks, running, doing yoga (laughs) outside. And they felt like it's just important to stay mobile and to stay social than it is to stay inside. They're like, you're not about to scare us into being inside. So yeah, people, people aren't scared. A lot of people feel like they're immune to it. They're so used to the smoky air that their bodies are just like they're used to it so they're like this this is just what it is i'm not going to stop being active for some air pollution like the air pollution is here so (laughs) i gotta gotta keep moving through it that doesn't work for everybody though some people should stay inside (laughs) there's doctors saying that there has been an increase in lung cancer over the years with the pollution happening there's been more people having coughs just sicknesses in their lungs and coughs going on which it completely makes sense the world is toxic there's a lot of toxicity going on so i hope that they can experience some clean air soon because we need to breathe (laughs) so just keep breathing through your nose the nose hairs will help filter out all that chaos. I was that same way when the pollution in Chicago happened. I remember a super foggy and smoggy outside and I still went running. I definitely did feel it a little bit like in my lungs like hmm I hate how that felt but you know I did what I had to do. Anyways on to the next thing that I was going to talk about with the whole yoga news. On my last episode, I spoke about a missing person case, Nancy Ng, and she went missing when she went on a yoga retreat, and there was just a lack of information, it was just like, the person she was with wasn't really saying anything or speaking up about it, just people were taking a really long time to report the incident, so I mean, just like really confusing and suspicious and her family was extremely devastated anyways the person that she was with has officially come out with a statement telling a full story about what happened and she basically just said that she encouraged nancy not to get out and nancy did anyways as soon as she got out and started swimming Her kayak floated away, so the girl went and 
retrieved Nancy's kayak and was trying to bring it back to Nancy and the next thing she knows she looks up and Nancy's just gone like she just drowned in the water I was reading some articles it did say this is a lake that it's common for people to drown in but it was just really weird because again the family's like we've been trying to contact you and other people that were there and nobody's been wanting to talk so why have you like if nothing weird was going on then just say that like there's no reason to be hiding like what what are you hiding but like stop being suspicious then I get that the people that were over the kayaking excursion were just saying how weird the situation was because when the retreat people came back there was two people missing which was Nancy and the girl she was with nobody was saying anything the girl finally came back but Nancy wasn't with them and she didn't really say much and they just immediately went back to their hotel and then the kayaking people called the hotel because they hadn't paid and the hotel was like nope they left they skipped town so it was like what like this girl drowned y'all didn't say anything and then you just skipped town like what who does that it just it didn't make any sense i was really like okay this is weird the girl was saying that she was traumatized by the whole situation so she kind of i guess isolated i don't know either way they're still looking for nancy they're still trying to search the lake and whatnot big yikes anyways on to my personal yoga journey several things that came up this week i taught at a yoga studio this week centered studios which is kind of far from me which is a hassle to get there and only one person ended up coming <laughs> and it was kind of like a private I was like so this is what teaching a private is like interesting okay I mean it was fine I was just more focused like communicating more than I would and like kind of, I guess kind of going to a slower pace asking more questions and I don't know I was just like okay interesting there might have been a few more people or a couple more people that were supposed to come but they left yeah so what had happened was was I ended up getting there right at the time that the class started like right at the time I was like maybe a minute before but I didn't realize I had to open the studio. So when people were there, they were there earlier, of course, and I wasn't there, nobody was there in the studio, so I guess they had just left. And I felt bad, because I was like, oh my gosh. But I guess they'll be okay, but yeah, I didn't know I had to open the studio. But one person stuck it out, they stuck it out and they saw the class through and it ended up being like a private a private class basically I was like okay cool whatever just rolling with the punches and then I decided to sub a class randomly the other night and at LA Fitness and I was like okay I'll sub so I go there and nobody came <laughs> So I was like, okay. So I just did my yoga class. I did every, like, I just did what I had planned out. 
and it took me about the same amount of time that my yoga class would take me but maybe a little less time I don't know I was like interesting so this is what it's like doing my class okay so I did that it was fine and um then the next morning I went and taught my Wednesday class in the morning and for the first time ever I didn't write out the practice before and I love to have my practice and plan written out I don't know why I didn't write it out because it doesn't take me long to come up with it or write it out but I just didn't because I didn't feel <laughs> inspired or creative so I kind of just like made some stuff up on the or just kind of decided in my head I don't know like how did I how did I even get through the class I kind of was just on the spot and I was like yeah I'm not gonna do that again <laughs> everybody said oh it's good class it was a lot of stretching this class it was a lot of relaxing I've been dealing with a lot of anxiety this week and that's a whole different thing so I just been interesting it's been an interesting week it's but all is well honestly ready to go home today and to really get into myself and to get into my practice i'm actually looking forward to it today yoga hills this week's guest miss Safa. Safa is a multidisciplinary artist based in St. Louis. She works in arts administration for a local art education nonprofit. Her personal practice specializes in visual and performing arts, writing, directing, and movement. Yeah, Safa's just that girl. <laughs> as long as I've known her, she's always been doing different stuff. She's all around uh, creative. And I've always been inspired and wowed by her. With that being said, get into it. Hey, Safa, how are you? No, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing pretty well. What I always ask everybody and what I'm going to ask you is, when did you start practicing yoga? Why did you start practicing yoga? And why do you still practice today? Okay. Those are some great questions. Um, I started practicing, I'd say anywhere between the ages of like seven and 12 um, somewhere in there because when I was younger in that area, my grandma got her yoga teacher certification. And so, um, when she was practicing for that and, or coming up with lesson plans, I would just be in the room with her practicing, trying to do headstands and stuff, ringing the little singing bowls, trying to get it together. And then when I was in high school, so between the ages of like 14, and 17, my mom also decided to get her um, yoga teacher license. So then she started teaching like yin yoga classes and restorative and stuff like that. That was kind of her niche of yoga. And um, it got to the point where she had regular classes. And if she'd be out of town, I would just sub for her. And then my yoga teacher grandma would also attend those as well. So it's kind of like a full circle sort of moment 
there. So I've been practicing for a long time, both consciously and subconsciously in a way. It's just kind of always been integrated into my being as something that I should do for movement. Yes. Why do I still practice today? Um, it's just, it's necessary. Um, I feel like as a woman <laughs> dealing with hormones and fluctuations in the world and the environment and things like that, I feel like yoga is a really important way to um, reset my nervous system and to ground into my breath and my body again, because I notice every time I step into yoga, my breathing naturally becomes like five times slower and like deeper as well, just naturally, just from like really just sitting into those poses. And that's just really invaluable to me, the breath, like being able to breathe well, um, especially again with environmental stressors that we're experiencing right now. And also, um, between jobs and things like that. Like we just have busy days. My life has definitely gotten more busy as I've gotten older in a lot of beautiful ways, but still finding time to engage with self-care and yoga being one of those things as just like maintenance. It just is, is necessary. If you don't do it, then, you know, I feel like my arteries are going to get clogged or something, or like my back's going to like turn sideways or something like that. And yeah it lengthens out my visits to the chiropractor as well. <laughs> but you're so right. I'm always coming back to this conversation. This is the perfect prana show after all about the importance of breathing and how impactful it is. How often do you teach now? You know, uh, I don't really get asked to teach anymore. Um, mainly because like my mom, she's not in studios anymore. Really, I guess, uh, the pandemic changed everyone's availability and willingness to work in larger groups. I know that a lot of studios and places are back open, um, but since I technically don't have um, my certification and as of right now, I'm not really seeking it. Not to say because of the experience I have means that I don't need it. I do feel confident in what I know and I don't feel the need to necessarily get certification to teach people on a larger scale. Um, of course, if people are interested on like a more private, you know, side link, uh, I'm interested in doing things like that, but I've had more like private clients, I guess you could say just here and there being like, Hey, like, can you teach me a few poses that I can do to like better my stretches? Usually athletes, honestly, just being like, I just want to be able to perform higher. And I heard that, you know, yoga might be able to help stretch some of these tighter areas. And I'm like, yeah, like we can just get it, offer a few um, suggestions, but yeah, I haven't really been teaching on a public level per se for quite some time now. You told me that you work at a non-for-profit organization for, what is it exactly? Arts education. In yeah. administration. Yeah. So, um, it's been an interesting time, definitely a version of many dream jobs I'd like to have in this life if possible. But um, yeah, so I work for this nonprofit organization called Artscope, and they specialize essentially in arts education. And so I work on the internal team on the administration side. And I do a little bit of everything, honestly. I think um, technically my title right now is office and studio manager. 
So I do manage the office and studio in various ways, but I also have some like program directorship responsibilities as well, like staffing um, our different schools out camps, coming up with some of those themes and descriptions um, and like, you know, making sure that those things are getting uploaded to our interface that we use so people can enroll, things like that. Um, making the rosters, you know, there are many layers to the job. But So but this is one of your dream jobs. Yes. Okay. So you're living your dream right now. Okay. It didn't look exactly like how I thought. I knew I wanted to work in the arts point blank period. Um, I never knew that arts administration necessarily would be a dream job, but I kind of really enjoy how much it makes my brain work. Like it's a very, like you really have to think and you really have to be organized in order to do the job well. And there's just something in me that really enjoys being that organized and also connecting people with these resources because it not only supports kids and adults uh, to get arts education, but it also supports um, local artists to have um, income, you know, supplementary income outside of their personal practice, benefiting everybody. Arts in helping people. That's the vibe. What else is like part of your dream jobs or? Good question. I just wrote these down the other day. I was like, can I manifest them? Um, I would really love to be both a fashion stylist and um, an interior stylist. I love interior decorating. I don't want to say design because I know there's like a lot more like math building and measurements that go into that. Not to say I couldn't, but I definitely am more, I'm like, well, let me pick a throw pillow, you know, let's pick out this dresser or like paint this wall this color. Um, but I also just, I love fashion so, so much. And I would love to be a stylist on set for shoots and things like that, able to use some of my personal backstock that I've collected and also like pick out outfits from different brands. I think that would just be a really fun time for me. Um, I would also really love to be a museum or gallery curator. I think that would be really cool. Um, and I feel like my job in arts administration is setting me up to be able to do something like that. And I feel like there is another one in there. Oh, yes. And a script writer and director, which I already do a little bit of, but I would love to do it on a larger scale for like uh, a show that's uh, semi-reputable and I guess you could say popular, like The Bear or Atlanta or Rami, those shows are really inspiring to me. So I'd love to be able to do work on shows that kind of have a similar format to that. Okay. Well, I'm here for you. <laughs> I think you can do it. If anybody can, it is you. You've impacted my style so much. And it's just crazy to me. Like even like wearing mismatched earrings. Like I didn't start that till you started me on that. I was like, I didn't even to do that but then when she did that I was like you know what <laughs> everything's mismatched now like why why choose one pair when I could have both so I don't know you're you're in your early 20s the impact you've had now and I know I'm like you've affected me and so many other people with your light so whatever you really want to do you're gonna achieve it that's a lot sometimes I'm sure people hear me and I'm like that's a lot of different sectors, baby. Pick a slide, pick a lane. And I'm like, absolutely not. Life is long for me, I hope. So one thing about me is that I'm <laughs> going to live a long life. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's my plan. I'm going to live a long life. So yeah, I can have dreams like it, you know. There's yeah. a lot to do. 
Yeah. I, I know that uh, after I graduate college, the thing that I really want to do right now, I'm like, since it's like something I feel like I'd have to do when I'm young and in the beginning of my life before I like want to get to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm going to settle down in one place. I really want to teach yoga on a cruise or a resort and just live <laughs> there and be there for like a year to live in my life. Interesting. At sea, it feels so fun and so dangerous at the same time. <laughs> my family has been going on cruises um, these past couple of years and I've been going with them, but the last two times that we went on a cruise and these are like, I haven't been on a cruise since I was super younger, since these two times, both of these times I became sick. As soon as I like got on the cruise, like the first night I'm like having a cold or a flu or something, headaches, scratchy throat. And I'm like just stuck in the room or like just so uncomfortable. So I'm like, mm-hmm. if that's the case, I don't want to be on a cruise because <laughs> I'm not about to be like <laughs> and then down dog like no oh that's because it's like first of all i'm in the middle of the sea second of all i'm trapped in my room in the middle of the sea and then also they do say that like sicknesses spread really easily on cruises because of i guess the close quarters and proximity of all being on the same boat things just are airborne and travel so much easier and i'm like (laughs) i love the ocean but how much it's the idea. It's good in theory because you're like you're on here, unlimited food, everything to do. You're off grid, away from the world, living your life, looking at this ocean in the middle of nowhere, and it's like it's good in theory, but like the sickness. Yeah, <laughs> that was so. I'm like, we're going on another one this uh coming up soon. If I get sick this time. I'll just stick to the resort plan and then I want to do that for a couple of years. And then after that, I don't know where my life is going to go, but (laughs) we'll see there. The creative space, it's a lot of freelance and it's a lot of just hopping around from one thing to the other. It's so hard to see myself like working in an actual job every single day, (laughs) like, But adulting. (laughs) No, but for real, but adulting because, I mean, my schedule had been pretty open with my current job. I was working like Monday through Friday, 11 to 4. Um, But then we had some things arise and our executive director went out of town. So I've been like 9 to 5 and it's still Monday through Thursday. So I still have like my three days off, which for me is a non-negotiable. But I know as I get older, that will be less and less negotiable, I'm sure, with other places because people be working on weekends and on Fridays and I just I can't tell because I'm like I feel like my artist career a lot of those things like a lot of the things like the gallery openings or the shows that I want to do the performances all those happen usually between Friday and Sunday not during the week so it would yeah I'm trying to prepare myself for the the different uh, tasks that adulting will come with which sometimes is compromising your schedule which yeah, it's, it's hard to be down for, and I've had to keep making compromises for that. And it's just like, how far are you willing to go? And are people willing to meet you where you're at with your personal boundaries and what you want for yourself 
for a healthy life. Cause for me that Friday through Sunday, that's literally maintenance. Like much like yoga is maintenance. Like I have to have at least three days off out of my week, ideally consecutively, because then you really actually feel relaxed as opposed to like, I have a day off here and then I work again and then a day off here. I know sometimes life requires that, but, um, you know, I like to flex it to suit me and my needs as well. Most of the time. (laughs) So you're working now. How do you make sure to foster creativity for yourself? And like, how do you stay making sure that you're fulfilled with your creative life and your own personal projects? And like, how do you balance that with work? That's a great question, because I'm honestly still trying to get a handle on it with the schedule change with the with the nine to five, you know, only leaving a certain window of time after work before bedtime to like do what I need to do even for the next day. A big part of it is discipline, which I'm learning new levels of all the time, Um, like discipline with both time management and with productivity, which is like that is what you want it to be, I think even procrastinating can be productive sometimes. I know that sounds weird, but I won't get too into that right now. (laughs) Yeah. Discipline, like being able to set a schedule for yourself and just be super duper organized. That's how I'm able to make time for myself to prioritize my creative goals and what I'm doing. Cause you know, you might have certain events or deadlines that you know, you need to meet, which will require a lot of your time. So it's like setting yourself up to know like, okay, I need to do, this in my personal life. Like I need to take out the trash, clean the cat box, laundry, clean my room, like all that stuff. And then you'll be able to focus on other things more. Cause for me, I can't really focus on my creativity unless my home is together. Those things go hand in hand because I feel like my creative energy can't flow as well. And as openly, if I'm like thinking about all these other things that I still need to do, I know some people don't have any issue with that. I don't know if I have OCD or something. That's just how my brain works. But in order to feel like I'm getting the full capacity or full extent of my creativity, I feel like my space needs to reflect that, which for me means it's not messy. It's orderly and together. Not to be corny, but self-care as an art form, I've really been leaning into. It's like, I might not have time to sit down and paint, but I might have time to take a bath. Those two things can be equal for different reasons. It's really just about how you're framing it. And as long as you're choosing yourself and choosing things that will in turn feed your creativity and allow you to replenish those internal pools so that when you are able to step back into it and sit with whatever it is that you're creating, you're able to give it your full undivided attention because you are now like a full glass of water, you know, ready to pour into it. It's been a struggle trying to find uh, the new levels of discipline. And maybe that's just part of what comes with adulting. But yeah, there's been a lot more playing and organization, like setting reminders on my phone, scheduling things on my calendar. Yeah. Putting meetings in place and then just kind of shuffling everything around that to make sure that I'm still getting my, my me time in. Learning the discipline is just, it comes becomes more and more necessary. That is a a limb or a pathway of yoga is niyama. Part of that is cleanliness and 
having a clear space, a clean mind and a clean environment. So, and then there was one last thing you said that I was going to respond to time management as well. As you can see, I'm still working on it too. So you're not alone there. It is so hard for me. And that's uh, just one of my biggest challenges at this point in life is time. I'm literally always, it's like time and me are not friends right now. Me and time are not working together because I'm like, and it's hard to say, it's like, <laughs> I was in a similar place for like such a long time. I feel like I'm still in the interim. Like I have a little bit better relationship with time, but I, I do still struggle with it because it's, there's, it's such a nuanced thing. First of all, it's a societal construct. Like we made that, but it's necessary, you know, for survival reasons. Like there's a reason that it exists, but technically time is something we created like 12 o'clock. Like, what is that? It technically has to do with like, where the sun is in the sky to us and like, yeah, what that means to our region. Cause again, it's different for every region of the world. Everyone has a different time zone. Like it, it's wild if you truly think about it. And then there's like the whole capitalistic layer of it where it's like, you need to be on time to get to work, to make the money to, and you know, like you don't want to disrespect anyone else's time. So it's like, you need to be good with your time clock in order to be respectful to other people's timelines and time periods. But it's like, sometimes those don't mesh up and it can be easy to take other people's time for granted. And it's just, yeah, it's just a very nuanced conversation because I'm a very slow mover by nature. I really try to move fast. Like I really do. And when it's job related, I almost can't. It's like, I can make myself move like that because I'm like, my job's on the line. My job's on the line. It's probably not. But like, for me, I'm like, there are goals that need to be done for other people. But when it's for me and surrounding me, it's like, I don't feel the need to rush myself. However, I still get frustrated even still because I wish I did move faster. Like I do feel like I could do certain things in you know, a shorter span of time instead of like getting distracted with like all these other things that I could be doing that contribute to that one thing and just start with what I'm meant to focus on and then move to the next thing. Yeah, that's been a struggle. But then, you know, asking myself, why do I feel the need to move faster? Like, what is that about? And is that, is that, is there validity in that? Like, should I be trying to pick it up a little bit? Or is it okay that I take as much time as I need to do certain things? Um, it's just that I guess you have some goals on your list time-wise. Like, let's say you make a to-do list for the whole day. And let's say there's eight things on it, but you only were really able to do about four things, maybe five things if you're lucky. And you're like, at least I was able to do something, but you're like, I feel like I made this list because I could do all these things within like eight hours. And I took eight hours to do those four things. And so it's, it's like, yes, there's a win in that, but also you're like, can I improve? Like, I really wanted to hit those goals today so that my next day I was able to do exactly what I wanted. It's just, yeah. Healing our relationship with time is a nuanced conversation. And I think it's one that people need to definitely talk more about. Um, but it's hard to talk about because our capitalistic systems are going to be in place regardless, which uh, definitely do push the whole uh, time conversation in the direction of just like, doing everything on time and being where you need to be 
and like a lack of flexibility. But I would just love it if we would give each other some flexibility. I am very flexible when it comes to time because I know that my time is off. Like, and, and it's really not even my time. Like you can't have time. Time is going to like pass you by no matter what. Like it's it's just a thing within itself. I Like I, I try to be flexible and compassionate with people and understanding because I know how much of a struggle is for me. Like I'm always time. Mm-mm. And I really, really hate disrespecting other people's time. I do feel a certain level of shame and embarrassment with this habit like oh my gosh because it is affecting other people and things are at this set time and then people have other things to do at another set time so like you said I I hate to take their time for granted but I don't know why God has put this struggle on me (laughs) but it is on me it is really on me and it is something that I am I know that I'm gonna have to learn the older I get I try to give myself grace now but I know I'm like man this is hard the crazy thing about me is though all this stuff that I could be late for I'm late to class or I might be late a couple minutes late to work oh I don't really have a for real job right now (laughs) But I might be a couple minutes late to here. Somebody said that they were going to be here at this time. I'll be like, oh, I'll be there. And then I'll be late to that, late to this. And Kai is going to be late. Like, that's just what people know about me. Or she's going to wake up late. She's going to do this late, 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 late. When it comes to yoga, when I did my teacher training, and even as I've been teaching classes every week, what's crazy to me is how I show up on time for that. I don't know what it is the teacher training every day, nine to five. And it was a pretty far commute for me over, over an hour commute. Pretty much every day I was on time. Pretty much any class that I teach, it's like, I'm on time. I try to be really early, you know, just to make sure. So I don't know. I'm like, how can I apply that same mindset to everywhere else in my life? I don't know what it is about yoga where I'm like, I show up on time for that, but everything else is like, nah. <laughs> so That's really interesting. It's like, in a way, you're showing up for yourself, but also your ability to serve other people because yoga is like a little bit of both. And also um, the idea that yoga spans beyond the mat as well. Like yoga is a life practice, like the ability to be flexible uh, with your time with your emotions um and with your body like yeah it's it's like the yoga doing the physical motions and like feeling within the body how it like transforms us also then extends to our daily life and our ability to move through it in a more mindful and a more grounded way um like taking those principles and then applying them as you approach life um because i feel like that's what yoga is really for is like taking it with you to the mat and then also into your day-to-day life. Um, And I feel like time plays a big part of that as well. Like, again, being flexible with your time as much as possible, kind of flowing throughout the day with ease. Ideally, that would be the ideal case. Sometimes, you know, it's harder. Some days are harder than others. (laughs) It's all good in theory. It's all good. It works. And then you apply it and you're like, well, that didn't 
look how I thought I did in my head, but you know, <laughs> did my best. And if I could do better, I would do better, but I'm literally doing my best. And I don't think that there was ever a point in my life where I wasn't doing my best. I think everybody is kind of doing their best. And if they could do better, they would. They just don't know how. Definitely a good assumption to have where I work that's part of our teaching philosophy is like approaching every child as, you know, assuming that if they knew better than they would do better. So um, instead of punishing them for like what they've chose to do, like asking questions like, you know, like, what's up? Like, why did that feel like a good choice for you right now? Like, tell me more about it instead of immediately be like, no, you knew you weren't supposed to. And why did you do that? And I told you that wasn't going to go like, instead of doing that, just being like, okay, so now we know that maybe that wasn't the best choice. Why do you think, you know, that didn't turn out like how you thought? So yeah, taking, taking that to, to everyone, like having that level of compassion. Of course, some people, some people do know that they could do better and choose to not, but you know, those, those are sprinkles of people. But again, I think it still keeps you in good faith to keep that assumption, knowing that, you know, some people might have other intentions, but to like still meet them with that so that, you know, maybe, maybe they won't feel attacked. Maybe they'll open up a little bit about the reasons why <laughs> still be on point though. The yeah, I'm always, I'm kind of thinking about often is just like, again, sometimes with some people when I really don't understand why they're doing what they're doing and mm-hmm. they like, you could do that. You know what I'm saying? It could be like in, in that applies to any, bad habit or habit that I see is bad or that's negatively impacting us like why do we keep practicing these negative habits like why am I doing this you know what I'm saying there's some real psychology about that like I know that it's negatively impacting me I know it's negatively impacting others and just say that for smoking like cigarettes Mm -hmm. or something but yeah, I just can't stop doing it. You know what I'm saying? I And that's just a, it's a, a phenomenon. <laughs> like, I guess I've learned to give people compassion for that and give myself compassion for that. Cause I'm like, we, we're always just trying to take the path of least resistance. So yeah. what feels natural and what feels easy, that's what we're going to do. And if we want to change, I guess we need to make that change feel easy as well. So yeah, choosing the path of least resistance. That is spoken in a lot of like texts, like, you know, choosing the path of least resistance and, and that being like a a noble pursuit. And I do think that that is 100% valid. And I would say that I personally do live my life by that a lot. Um, like things that could be complicated. I, I just like, I'm always just choosing to take the chill road. I'm like, hey, but... Um, at the same time, challenges are necessary, but I guess it's how you approach the challenges. So maybe that's really what that phrase is about is like, you can still challenge yourself and approach conflict and adversity because that's necessary for personal growth. And it also just helps you build character as a person, um, helps you learn about yourself, things like that. But I guess even when you're approaching those spaces, still choosing the path of least resistance. So instead of like, I guess being headstrong in that situation, I guess, being more open and receptive, um, even to the confrontation. That same concept can be applied to yoga too, or like 
doing a challenging pose. Like you have to, there's a certain edge that you have to be at to grow and to challenge yourself. But then also it's like, you can't force it no matter what I think in my brain. Like I just cannot physically do a handstand right now and force myself into that because I haven't built up the technique to do that. And like, I just, that, that it just is what it is. So, you know, um, but I still have to do a certain level of challenging just to eventually get there or whatever posture or pose or honestly hardship in life. Like, it's just like, you can't just wake up and snap the fingers you're there so it's a it's a lesson I've been learning that I'm constantly learning and if anything it's really an ego check but Mm. with that being said like even though I'm like compassionate and I carry myself like this or I'm I'm know that everybody's doing their best or that I'm doing my best or I'm but naturally it's innate in me to take the easiest road and to make things simple and easy for me. And that's innate in all of us is that corporations don't care about that. The jobs don't care. The landlords don't care. (laughs) Nobody cares about that. They just are like, I want what I want. Like I need what I need right now in this moment. If you're not doing this, there's no grace. It's like, that's crazy. Like sometimes that approach can't be necessary. For instance, in boundaries, like having compassion, but being like, what you're doing is hurting me. It's not working for me. So you got to go because ain't no other solution except for to either remove myself or for you to be removed. So it's like that. But for them, it's not them being like, "Mm, you're hurting me. It's more like you're affecting my ability to make money. (laughs) And so therefore, you must be evicted. There are the arguments are valid in certain areas, but uh, there are larger lessons to be derived from these, like just grace across society, point blank period would be great. Especially I feel like in city settings, like places like St. Louis, I feel like people can be so mean sometimes, like just naturally wired to just be mean because somebody's always trying to pull one over on you and I'm glad that we had this conversation, honestly, because this just reminded me my affirmation for this week is I will do my best to hold up my end of the bargain and stay true to what I say. But I also deserve to be in spaces that give me grace and compassion and understanding because that's life. Like <laughs> I need it and everybody does. So hey, Kai, I got some questions for you. Yes. Miss Safa. <laughs> if it's okay. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But I guess I got two questions. First of all, what made you decide to want to do this show, this segment? Cause I think it's really fun that you're doing this. And then the second one being, when did you get your yoga teacher certification? Was like, where was I? Because when I met you, and you invited me to come, you know, do the yoga for your event. I was like, cool, cool, cool. But like, I had no idea that was something you were striving for and doing. And I just want to say, I'm really proud. Not that you need my affirmation per se, because you're just wonderful. But, you know, I'm just like amazed at the growth. I didn't know you were doing either of these things. And I just want to hear a little bit about it. What made me decide to start this show? I'm at Columbia College. My major is radio and voiceover. And I really came here because I'm like, uh, I just want to 
do voiceover. I decided this in like, like 2020, maybe 2021. Like, what's a career path that I could do that I feel like, okay, I could be good at or I could tolerate and like not want to blow my brains out. So (laughs) I was like, voiceover, like, you know, I've always loved to sing. I like to talk. And I was like, I've always been told, oh, you have a nice voice. Like people are constantly telling me all the time, like your voice is just so nice. It's so relaxing. You have the voice of a healer. You have this voice that I'm like, okay, so let me lean into that. If that's the feedback I'm getting, let me lean into that. So I came here, I moved to Chicago and I was taking my voiceover classes. Cool, cool, cool. But then I got to my radio class, which I just didn't know that this is where I would end up, but this is where I ended up. But I got to my um, practicum class. It's a radio class. And he was like, you're going to have to do the radio every week because it's part of my major. So you're either going to do a live show or you're going to be front selling and back selling songs to be like, you know, you're listening to WCRX and up next is blah, 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 blah. Or you can do a 30 minute pre-produced show every week. I could have chose the other option because that would have been easier to come in like four hours. Cause trust me for this show, I put in way more than four hours a week to like get this show up and going and done. So I could have did that, but then I didn't like the time slots (laughs) again, time. And then also I was like, I guess the pre-produced show, like I, I like to talk and I, knew that I have a deep interest in yoga. So he's like, I mean, if you could talk about it for 30 minutes every week, then okay. And I'm like, whatever, (laughs) I could do that. So I I did that. I started out, uh, I wrote out a plan like of segments each week of what I'm going to talk about. So it's the same thing every week. Yeah. So that's just how I started. Because my class, it forced me to, but then I got into it and I was like, oh my God, I really like this. This is really fun. This is really fulfilling. And I'm just always excited about it. And I love connecting with people, especially reconnecting with people. Second question was, when did I get my teacher training this past summer? I um, got, I, I did it in Chicago at this studio called Yoga View and they were really lovely. It was just an amazing experience. It was like for about a month, I want to say. And again, nine to five every day, doing yoga every day, having really deep philosophical conversations, reading text. And so that was that was that. But I've always kind of not always. Okay, so, you know, before I got into my fitness journey, And that's kind of when I met you for the first time was when you came and I wasn't really into it like that. I just was like, I'm tired of being in the house and I want to throw a get together and let's throw a get together for health and wellness since every since, you know, it's the pandemic and like everybody feels like poop. So (laughs) let's let's do something that like feels not like poop, that feels like good. (laughs) So I was like, okay, yeah, like, why not yoga? We could do this. We could have a nice, well experience in the park and we can gather around and be connected to each other because I really just needed that element of socialness at that time. But I really wasn't into fitness like that. Later in 2020, I went through things that pushed me 
to get serious about my health and my fitness. So I started bike riding. I started running. I would practice yoga on the Nike app. And I was just really into that hardcore. I would still do yoga, but I wasn't really serious about the practice. I don't know at what point, but my dad was like, you should uh, get your... um, it's like you should get your yoga teaching certification or something like that. And I was like, yeah, this sounds like a cool idea. And I really like the idea of it. And I was like, that would be cool. I really do love fitness and wellness. I'm passionate about it. It's something that really has affected my life in that, again, I could talk about forever. <laughs> and so I, I, um, I just love to share with people about it because it's just something I've struggled with so hard just so deeply so this year came around on my most recent birthday my 21st birthday um my dad was like what do you want for your birthday and you know I was like I want to make this the year that I get my yoga teacher certification do my teacher training I don't have anything to do this summer this would be a good time to do it and he was like okay I'll pay for half of it and I was like half of it I don't have the other half so I started to go fund me (laughs) And people actually donated and that I raised all the money to pay for it. So I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I did it. And now we're here talking about yoga on the radio every week, Saturday and Sunday. So congratulations on all of the wonderful accomplishments. This is very beautiful. I am I'm loving the person that you are becoming. No, seriously, thank you. And like you're like, I didn't even know who I was talking to or that you were interested in that. I'm like, girl, I didn't know. I didn't know who I was at that time or what I was supposed to do, or I just didn't know anything. I was just like, I'm literally just existing in 2020, (laughs) 2020. And I have a horrible self image and I need to move my body. And that was literally that. So now we're here. And I'm glad that we could have this conversation. So Safa, thank you so much for coming on to the Perfect Prana show. But before we go, can you lead us through a pranayama? Just a quick couple breaths as a yoga instructor, how you would do if you were teaching somebody or a class or whatever. Okay, sure. Yes, yes. Okay, first, everybody get cozy. Everybody get your glutes all cozy wherever you're sitting because you can't breathe right if your butt hurts. So get cozy. <laughs> wherever. Show up however you must. I like to start in the belly, deep in the belly. So breathe in to your tummy, your womb. Hold that. Then bring it up to your chest and your heart. Hold and then release. Let's do it one more again. Into the tummy, into the heart, and release. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you. did that (laughs) period seriously thank you safa i hope you have a good rest of your weekend namaste (laughs) namaste thank you for having me
weekly wellness challenge. Last week's challenge, I challenged myself and you all to do five sun salutations a day. And surprisingly, I failed the challenge. (laughs) Yesterday, I totally forgot to do it. And this is why I'm ready to go home and get into my practice and to get into myself. Because yesterday, I totally forgot. I was up pretty late yesterday. I was just doing work. Sometimes I work better at night. I had some things going on. So I was up pretty late. I was pretty preoccupied. Usually when I do my practice, it's like in the evening time. And sometimes before I go to bed or before I eat dinner. So... Yeah, I just didn't have time to get into my practice how I wanted to yesterday. I always do something like yesterday, like when I feel like I have no time, like I really need to go to bed, but like I'm going to do something for myself. I'll do some small stuff and just really relaxing stuff like and really kind of focusing on my breathing and just some um, gentle stretching and gentle movements, but like I won't really get into get into the practice like ooh, like I'm really in this and I'm doing this for a lot of time like nah be like five ten minutes maybe you know so nothing serious so but yeah I didn't do my sun cells yesterday and I was like when I realized I was like oh my gosh yeah my practice ranges every day some days I might just do some very gentle light nothing and other days I'm like doing a whole I'm dedicating a whole hour to practicing like it it really just depends it depends on the day for me and yesterday it depended so I was like okay I'll still see the challenge through it's Thursday and I will see it through to Saturday (laughs) aim high and if you fall short at least you at least you did something something's better than nothing I'm still gonna go for my hundred sun salutations. And I feel like the next time I have a ton of free time and I'm doing nothing and I'm like, what do I do? That'll be the best time. Be like, you know what? Do your 100. It was 108 sun salutations. And that is a very significant number it's a sacred number in many cultures repeating something 108 times like sun salutation is a test for patience and strength mentally and physically so yeah i will reach that 108 and i'm gonna approach that that's my my yoga marathon (laughs) just something to do (laughs) This week's weekly wellness challenge. I would say it is a good time to clean, declutter, and get rid of that baggage. And this applies to electronically and also in my space. This week's weekly wellness challenge, I will delete five pictures or videos a day and throw away one physical item 
throw away or get rid of one physical item in my space a day. Because I'm, I need to release it. Release. Release it all. It's too much stuff. And that's what I'm going to do. And what inspired me to do this challenge was last night I discovered that I ran out of space on my phone. And also, I just have a lot of shoes and I need to get rid of them. I need to do something with them. And I just have a lot of stuff in general. A lot of shoes, a lot of clothes, a lot of stuff. Like, girl, just, just free yourself. Be free. So that is what I'm going to do. I'm, family's coming in town. So, you know, it's nice. I want to be a bit clearer for my family. When I go out of town I want to come back to a clearer space I just yeah be free that's this week's weekly challenge something that needs to happen one of the eight limbs of yoga is nayama positive duties or observances one of the components of nayama is cleanliness there's five components total of niyama cleanliness contentment discipline or burning desire self-study or self-reflection and study of spiritual text and surrendering to a higher power well that's one of the paths of yoga and uh, cleanliness is yeah so that's what i'm gonna practice this week is getting rid of some stuff it's easy to collect stuff or to get attached to it electronically and physically but it's time to release I probably won't need this item again and if I do it's probably replaceable at this point I will end out this episode with a quote and I saw this on the walls at my school and I thought it was a nice quote quote stuck out to me so I took a picture of it and the quote is we don't measure creativity we feel creativity Mark Pritchard who's the chief brand officer of Procter and Gamble so but yeah it's something that you don't really need to measure it just speaks for itself on its own We all have the ability to create, every single one of us. We all deserve to feel creative. You're listening to The Perfect Prana Show on WCRX 88.1 FM or catch me on Spotify, Apple, where sometimes I upload extended versions of the episode. So if you'd like to hear the extended version, Apple and Spotify, baby. If you are into wellness and you like to talk about it, you like to see what other people are doing for their wellness, then follow me on Instagram at consistentlykaya. Consistently spelled with a K, Kaya spelled K Y A H. Be well. <laughs> and may the divinity in me bow to the divinity in you. Namaste.